the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 406, a beautiful Sunday afternoon. The John Anderson created, Matt Dunn approved, Matt Dunn perfected, and Jeff Hunt approved. Backbone, Backbone Radio, Randy Corcoran here. And so good to have you along. I was just here last night. Uh, love that the place was actually left exactly the way I left it. Ready to hop in and go, and not a moment too soon, because we have a lot to do. 303-696-1971 is the number. 303-696-1971. And uh, no guests tonight, just you and me, baby, so keep it hot. Of course, everybody is fretting about what's going to happen tomorrow morning with the Silicon Valley Bank, SVB. And... Um, the run on the bank, you know, everybody, I, I don't know about you, but I was significantly affected by the financial collapse of 2008. I had rental properties, and uh, and they were not cheap rental properties with super low rent. They were higher-end houses, and every time I moved out of a house, I, I kept it and then bought the next one and uh, got renters in there and thought, boy, oh, boy, I'm going to create myself uh, uh, this little real estate empire always assuming that things would just continue to go along as normal. And then when um, when the markets crashed and, and everything was uh, going insane, couldn't get anybody in those houses, could not get, and I'd get people in, and they'd get hit by the financial crisis. They couldn't pay the rent. I couldn't pay the mortgage and uh, wound up just losing it all. And it was a really tough year or two. So people who lived through that really um, – really have some angst in their um, looking ahead at their financial futures right now. And so I am no expert in this regard, no expert at all. Uh, thankfully, we've got people like Senator Bob Menendez, who's been in the United States Senate so long and has been uh, investigated for corruption and I think it was a dirty money sexual stuff. I was going to look that up. Maybe I'll do it on the break just to clear the record. But uh, not a not a pleasant man, not a nice guy, but he is on the job. Let me start with the banking committee. I obviously I invited you on before all of this happened. Um, have you gotten a briefing over the weekend and what's your sense of what we can expect tomorrow morning? Uh, well, Chuck, I have not gotten a briefing yet. <laughs> God, this has been going on now. Uh, people have been freaking out since Friday, at least, um, as this, it was Wednesday when they announced that they sold a bunch of securities at a loss and that they were going to sell over $2 billion in new bank shares to show up their balance sheet. And uh, that triggered a panic among their venture capital firms and uh, simply advised companies to withdraw their money from the bank. And then all of a sudden, man, last Thursday morning, the stock just began, began tanking. And by the afternoon, other banks, uh, banks who hadn't reported any, you know, instability or 
lack of security, their stocks started dragging down, and people really thought 2007, 2008 might be underway. And we all know Donald Trump warned about what the economy would look like under creepy, sleepy Joe Biden, and man, everything that he predicted has come true. Increased energy prices, all of this instability, interest rates continuing to be jacked up more and more and more. And uh, and the Fed has indicated there's really no end in sight for that. They, they have no answers except to make everything more expensive for you. And now the interest rates are so high that the federal debt is, you know, going to exceed a trillion dollars a year, just insurmountable, unmanageable with an administration that has absolutely no idea how to do anything about it. But we had Bob Menendez on the job, and uh, that's got to give you great security when uh, on Meet the Depressed, he says this. Let me start with the banking committee. I Obviously, I invited you on before all of this happened. Um, have you gotten a briefing over the weekend, and what's your sense of what we can expect tomorrow morning? Uh, well, Chuck, I have not gotten a briefing yet. I <laughs> loved the long pause, like, oh, my God, what do I say about this? This started on Wednesday, began to tank on Thursday. It's the Senate Banking Committee. There are, I suppose, options for the federal government if they wanted to stay in. Apparently, uh, Janet Yellen has reported that uh, the federal government is not going to step in. But uh, this was a big deal. I mean, SVB, I'd never heard of it, but it was one of the top 20 American commercial banks. And they had uh, been doing financing for tech startups. So, of course, uh, under the uh, last administration, everything just kept going up and up and up and up. And all of a sudden, uh, things got a little bit more troubling. Let's see here. I'm looking at some notes they, uh, it was a run on the bank, you know. It's This is what happens when people get panicky. I don't know about you, but I have heard from friends and family members who are saying, get your money out of the bank, get your money out of the bank. And number one, there's no way I can do that. I have a trial tomorrow, so I couldn't go do that if I wanted. If you're a law firm, you, in addition to having, you know, personal accounts and a business account, you have a trust account, which is where you have to keep other people's money. And... Uh, you know, the one thing that anybody who's got a lot of money in the bank should learn from this for sure is that the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the federal insurance on most of your bank deposits is only good to $250,000. So, you know, that that's good for the vast majority of us. But if you're a business or uh, someone with wealth and it's in cash and it's in a bank, Man, oh, man, make sure that you don't have more in any account than what is insured by the federal government. And I, I know no no reliability from the federal government really either, but that's that's your last recourse. If uh, for investors who had more than 250 um, in this SVB bank, they'll be lucky to get pennies on the dollar unless somebody comes in and buys up this bank. And I'm sure if they do, they'll they'll be forcing um, some of the depositors to accept a chunk of these losses. I mean, I, I'm speculating. This is way out of my league. But uh, but it is concerning that it's starting and uh, that so quickly when a bank announces that it's sold, sold a bunch of securities and it's going to sell new shares to bring in some money and all of a sudden 
the venture capitalists, the ones who play with money, you know, minute by minute, second by second, minute by minute, day by day, started pulling their funds or advising their their clients to pull their funds, and away it went. So I, uh, I almost never listen to the Sunday morning shows anymore. And I just really have so little time for any of it. If I hear about something good, I'll go find it on YouTube or everywhere or somewhere else. And uh, the uh, but if I'm doing Sunday radio, sometimes there's a tidbit on a Sunday morning show that's worth while. And I didn't have time to watch anything this morning except I did go back uh, and watched a recording of Maria Bartom Bart Maria Bartomo Bartomo Barta sorry Maria. You know, the Fox News gal who does uh, finances during the week and then does kind of one of the Sunday morning news slash finance shows. Maria Bartiromo, I think, just popped into my head. But um, one of her comments was that uh, her belief, her understanding is that people should relax uh, as far as their money in other banks. It's not like some um, snowball rolling downhill right now because our banks are extremely well capitalized after the 2007-2008 crash, some pretty stringent rules were put into place requiring banks to have, uh, I guess, more cash on hand. Again, I am way out of my league here. But if you have concerns about it, talk to the smartest financial people that you know, financial advisors, uh, anybody that can help you. And uh, uh, and But do make sure that if you've got big money, even if you're like a lawyer who holds other people's money sometimes in, in a trust account, that... Um, that that baby is not beyond the insurance limits of the FDIC. That could be very, very troubling. We've got, uh, I forget the, oh, there we go. I was going to say, I know, I was thinking we had a break coming up. My show on Saturdays, the breaks are like, okay, I'm done. We'll go to break. Here on Backbone Radio, man, this is like a fine-tuned machine. And when they say get out, it is get out. So Ron and Johnny, sit tight. We'll jump on your calls when we return. Randy Corcoran in, guest hosting on Backbone Radio 710 KNUS. I see the producers stepped it up a little bit for uh, bumper music here on Backbone Radio. That is the 2017 band, nothing so old. We were doing, last time I was here, we were doing a lot of Canadian and some older stuff. That's Dirty Honey. Rock band out of Los Angeles. Welcome back, Backbone Radio. Randy Corcoran here. Good to have you along. One line is open at 303-696-1971. 696-1971. As long as we're talking money, uh, two very short Biden clips. Very, very important because uh, just listen for the emphasis. This man is such a powerful, powerful speaker. And uh, and on top of that, uh, the, what they're really focused on, I saw here, we'll, I, I shouldn't get into all this now, but is uh it's kind of surprised me they uh they want to make sure we don't have enough irs agents you know those irs agents we had they're going to check on the accounts for the super wealthy which require a lot of accounting a lot of agents to look at it yeah they want to get rid of them yeah they're going to look at the super wealthy because there they're just aren't that many super wealthy at number one uh, they don't have to arm the eighty-seven thousand irs agents though that's what they're doing uh, the training is you have to be willing to use use lethal force. It's right on their website when you apply for the job. And it's already been disproven that they're going to be focusing on the ultra wealthy. It, there's been testimony in Congress about, uh, you know, people making $400,000 or more. 
And that sounds like a ton of money, but if you run a small business, you can see those kinds of numbers on your tax return, but that's not cash in your pocket, not by any stretch of the imagination. One more of those, and then we'll go to the phones. My plan, after it's all said and done, is going to cut the deficit nearly $3 trillion over the next 10 years, the plan I've submitted. Uh, and by making the wealthy and corporations just begin, <coughs> to begin, excuse me, to, to begin to pay their fair share. <laughs> you know, uh, when we talk about 28% tax rate, Ronald Reagan was 28% tax rate. You know, that wacko liberal guy, you know, the idea that that's an un, un, unreasonable amount. But I'll get into that later. What a doofus. Besides the whispering, it, it's so stupid sounding. But what he fails to say, of course, is that that was the first step in Ronald Reagan's massive recovery and massive tax overhauls. And that was a reduction to 28 percent. What was it back then? Up around 30, gosh, 33, 36, 37 percent was the capital gains tax. And remember, that is a tax on profits that you make on things that you have purchased with already taxed money. It's just insane how these people think, well, I guess it works. Sounds like about half of the American population really is that dumb. But we were talking about this SVB bank and the collapse of it and the concerns about a run. And so we'll start with Johnny because that's what's on his mind. And then we'll change topics. Johnny, welcome. Yeah. Um, I was watching Tucker Carson. And uh, it's, it's funny how they check the boxes. So they had this lady, I don't know if she was from Venezuela or whatever, but she was saying like how they picked her to, to be part of the, the management of this, this bank, and they picked her because she checked the boxes, not because she was a, a financial whiz. Well, that's right, and not only that, but and I, I know who you're talking about because I read a little bit about this too, uh, but she, her whole focus was on woke policies around the bank. Um, and, you know, go woke, go broke is being proven time after time after time. And it sounds like that applies um, very clearly and expressly to this SVP bank uh, bank collapse. Yeah. And it just, it just seems like this this whole thing of, of, about um, financial insecurity. And, and, and when you said that about the $250,000, I'm thinking like, yeah. I, I didn't know that until you, you said it, but I, but I said, yeah, that, that's obvious that, that you would have to have a lot more money in there if you're paying payroll, because I have a friend who, who runs a, a moving company, and he has like 28 employees. So that money has to be somewhere stored um, to, to pay those people and, and so forth. So it's a lot of things that, that the average citizen doesn't know about this, but I think because of all this information that we got now with the Internet and so forth and, and shows like this, we're learning so we can be thinking about the future. Yeah, it's a great point, Johnny. And uh, I just while you were talking, I pulled up some information. I didn't grab that woman's name, but the uh, the founder of home, the co-founder of Home Depot was on one of the uh, Fox business shows, I guess, talking about this woke bank and uh Uh, I don't have time to get the clip, but one of the things he said is, quote, I think that the system that the administration has pushed many of these banks into being more concerned about global warming than they are about shareholder return. And these banks are badly run because everybody is focused on diversity and all of the woke issues and not concentrating on the one thing they should, which is shareholders returns. 100 percent. Great. 
Great way to start the show, Johnny. Appreciate it. Have a good rest of your Sunday. You too. All right. Ron and Conifer, welcome to Backbone Radio. All right. Did you listen to the Peter Ball show yesterday? I did not. Oh, too bad. Well, you should listen to Anyway, I, I knew they were gonna, he was going to slam various people, and I just wanted to make sure that my uh, anticipation was correct. And uh, sure enough, he had Dick Wadhams on the show, and they both slammed uh, Trump, obviously, and Ellis and uh, Eastman. And uh, then he made the statement twice that he says the allegations of election fraud have been disproven. <laughs> and that was all I could take. Yeah. So I, I, had, I had the call. So I got it right away. He doesn't have that many callers at this point. And I, and I got it in about one or two minutes. And, and I said, I want to lead off with a question, and please don't answer this with a question. What evidence do you have that the allegations of election fraud are false? And he says, you can't prove a negative. So I said, you don't have anything, do you? All right. Well, and, I, he, I, sl- and he hung up and slammed uh, the phone down. He says, you're out of your mind. Yeah. So the, all that shows is that he cannot support his position when you press him. And, yeah. the, and the, the most disappointing part of that, well, though, was that not a single caller, I listened to the whole show, not a single caller picked up on that. Yeah. And he gets most of these people who well, called in on his show are just Democrats and re- so-called reasonable Republicans. Well, I, I have heard that and and uh, don't necessarily disagree. But you know, take that up with them. Go over there. Well, I did. And, I, but look what happened. But, but then leave it. Leave it there. I just don't want to use another show to to trash a prior show. Well, I thought when you brought up Dick with the Colorado GOP election yesterday oh, that there well, might he's be terrible. That there he, might he, hold on, he, hold on, yeah, hold on. Yeah. That there might be a point to be made that since I was there, since I'm the Republican National Committee man. Um, you know that I could uh, take off, but I don't want to use this show to bash other hosts. Well, he, well, he, he, uh, he, he, he doesn't give you that uh, uh, courtesy. Uh, yeah, but I any, know. Anyway, so uh, uh, as far as Wiles is concerned, he knows everything, and he said every one of those uh, people that were up for chairman would be, uh, you know, basically a catastrophe. Well, I'm very happy with the new chairman, David Williams. We had him on the show last night. Uh, yeah, Dave Williams, representative from uh, El Paso, and yeah. uh, just rock solid in so many ways. And I did pull up some of the news reports. I'm going to talk about that. Maybe we'll do that in the next segment since it was brought up on how they're covering the election of Dave Williams. The interesting thing about it, though, Ron, is that as it boiled down, it was pretty obvious pretty early that um, – that the two front runners were going to be Dave Williams, and he's on the conservative side of the party, and Eric Odland, who ran for Congress in CD7, and uh, military, you know, veteran, uh, super guy, as far as I can tell, and uh, but he is was certainly the more uh, establishment or moderate Republican favorite, and uh, um, number one, the, the conservatives clearly own the these committees because um, it. It wasn't that close in the end. It was wound up being a 55-45 uh, beatdown. But right. they they would have referred to Eric Odland as an election denier as well because he dared to talk about questions about the 2020 election. So there's no way for Republicans to win in the media, so why bother to try? Let's just get busy and show what we got. That's what I'm about. Hey, Ron, thank you very much. You hear the music. Can't mess around with these breaks. We'll get back to the phone calls in a second. Backbone Radio. Too good. 
Everclear AM radio. I used to listen to music on AM radio. I bet Blake Gallagher, behind the glass, young whippersnapper that he is, can't even imagine such a thing. Like, I remember uh, AM. The, it's, uh, you know, Kim, Kim in Denver. That's where Steve Kelly made his big name, a former uh, talk host here. And, uh, yeah, a lot of AM radio growing up, that's for sure. I, in fact, I don't think we had FM when I was a boy. Wasn't that like a 70s thing? I think so. I think so. Anyway, people, welcome back, by the way. Randy Corcoran from Saturday Night's In, guest hosting Backbone Radio. Good to have you here. Phone number 303-696-1971. 696-1971. We really blew through our Tea Party tickets last night. Um, I think I've maxed out all I can do. What we will do on Monday... Uh, before our Tuesday night meeting is we'll go through the ticket purchases because sometimes we get lefties who nab up uh, little blocks of tickets, you know, phony email addresses and stuff, and we'll clear those out tomorrow. So if you were unable to get a ticket, uh, we got 110 of them gone, but if you were unable to get a ticket for our Arapo Tea Party meeting on Tuesday night, newly elected GOP chair Dave Williams will be there. Uh, we'll have folks there from Parents Knows Best with uh, a handout from Freedom Works on parental rights, given all the woke nonsense and the body changing and uh, gender affirming garbage that's going on in our schools behind parents' backs. It's so important for you as a parent, grandparent, whatever, to get your hands on this information. We'll be doling it out at the tea party. So if you want to try and get in and we get some tickets cleaned up, just send me an email at arapaho to arapaho tea party at gmail.com. Arapaho Tea Party at gmail.com, and we will we will do the best we can. And the other thing is, if you don't get a ticket, just come because um, so a lot of times people don't show up or their group doesn't come or whatever. And and so I just we almost always have some seats. So just give it a try. But try and get a ticket first. Very important that we have those lists and uh, and we have records of because uh, we do have room limits over there at the South Metro Rescue Building, Party at gmail.com. People do seem to be concerned about this bank um, the, this bank failure and a, a concern about a run. Text message, Newsmax Online is warning about a bank meltdown should the Fed not step in. Pretty worried over here. I don't know where here is, but I went to Newsmax to take a look at that. And uh, this seems like kind of a question and answer piece um, that is more calming to me than worrying. I'll just jump to this paragraph further. It appears that Silicon Valley Bank's failure. This is poor writing further. It appears that Silicon Valley Bank's failure appears to be a unique situation where the bank's executives made poor business decisions by buying bonds just as the Federal Reserve was about to raise interest rates and the bank was singularly exposed to one particular industry that has seen a severe contraction in the past year. Uh, so I'm just not feeling too worried about it. I pulled up the, uh, the bankrate.com list of failed banks. We've gone 800 days without a failed bank here in the United States. That's pretty extraordinary. The longest period was 951 days, going all the way back to the Great Depression, the longest period without a bank failure since the Great Depression was June 25, 2004 to February 2, 2007, 951 days, 
The second longest period is the one we're in right now that just ended October 23rd, 2020 through March 10th, 2023. That was 867 days. And uh, it was more commonly four or 500 days between bank failures. And there's a, a list of bank failures since 2009. In 2009, remember, this was after the banking collapse, 140 bank failures in 2009, 157 in 2010, 92 in 2011, 51 in 2012, 24 in 2013, 18 in 2014, 8 in 2015, single, single digits now, 8, 5, 8, 0 bank failures in 2018. Four in 2019 and 2020, zero in 2021, 22, and now the first bank failure in, what did I say, 800, uh, almost 870 days, something like that. There were some great quotes, though, in this uh, interview from Home Depot co-founder, um, the Home Depot co-founder, Bernie Ma- Marcu- I'm sorry, Bernie Marcus, and uh, let me scroll back down to those was not really planning to talk about this quite so much, but people do seem to be concerned. Uh, We talked about the administration pushing banks into more concerned about global warming than shareholder return. Instead of protecting the shareholders and their employees, they're more concerned about the social policies. And I think it's probably a badly run bank. They've been there for a lot of years. It's pathetic that so many people lost money that they won't get back. And here was his sort of forecast, which is not happy. The Fed keeps raising rates and inflation keeps going in the wrong direction. It's not staying where it should be. People are struggling. People can't pay their bills. They can't fill their tanks with gas. And if you think that's a good sign, I don't think it is. And we have an administration that's obtuse to this. They just keep talking about the great times and how good it is. It's not good, Marcus concluded. Somebody with a sane head has to come in and understand that you can't do two things. Number one, you can't keep raising rates. You can't keep inflation as strong as it is. And you can't tax people more than they are. Biden's proposal to tax the middle class and the rich is about as dumb as I've heard in a long time. In a recession like this, you don't do things like that. And it's that Logic, it's that perspective from informed people looking back over the history of our economy and what stimulates our economy, not not phony stimulation from the government, but uh, lower tax rates, incentives uh, to businesses to grow, things like that, that actually create uh, more work and more people with more money. And every industry has ancillary industries that by that industry growing, the other ones can come in and feed it or fix it or repair it or replace it. It's just... Uh, It's just such a beautiful, magical thing when the government keeps their gross, disgusting, sleeps or showers with his daughter hands off of our economy. But uh, I doubt very much that uh, Joe Biden will change course at all. That would simply be out of character for him. We also had... uh, uh, when Ron called in, it was he mentioned that Dick Wadhams was on with Peter Boyles this morning, and I know exactly where Dick... Uh, has been standing on the Republican Party. It's it's wandering into the wilderness. People have to stop talking about stolen elections. We have to run as far as we can from Trump. Uh, clearly, the Republican Party doesn't believe that. Republican Party is not going that direction. 
And I'm grateful for it. When you look at national polling, people are concerned about the integrity and security of our elections. Yesterday, in my remarks to the uh, 400 and some members of the Central Committee, I, I, I put down three things that I think we should try and do uh, with it this year in the Republican Party. And one is a ballot initiative for photo voter ID. That all by itself would uh, would be a, a if people don't believe that people are using phony IDs or you know you can get you can vote now with your utility bill. It's a provisional ballot, but if someone wants to to uh, use shenanigans, it's another way to create uh, insecure balloting. Photo ID very popular across all sides of the political spectrum, except for the radical left vote stealers. So why not um, maybe get behind that? We're not going to get rid of machines. We're not going to get back to same-day voting here in Colorado in the foreseeable future. But there are things that we can do and photo voter ID. And, and then after that, I'd be looking for a better system of signature verification. I'd be looking for us to get out of the ERIC information system, which is uh, which is just rife with opportunities for creating phony addresses and sending out phony ballots. There's no real mechanism for cleaning up Eric. Other states are coming up with much better, much cheaper um, ways to to sort out their voter data and to clean up their voter rolls. State of Colorado uh, has been sued by Judicial Watch over their um, inability, unwillingness to take dead people off of our voter rolls, for goodness sake. And that lawsuit is being held in abeyance right now. The Secretary of State tried to get it dismissed with a motion to dismiss and uh, the judge denied the motion to dismiss allowed the case to proceed and as they were heading into discovery all of a sudden there are now efforts to settle this case so i trust tom fitton i trust judicial watch i'd be very interested to see what we get out of the settlement that appears to be eminent in the judicial watch ballot garbage ballot case against jenna griswold and the secretary of state all right, I'm going to get away from money because that is not what I know. We're going to jump back into politics. Let's talk a little bit about coverage of the newly elected chair when we return on Backbone Radio. Absolutely no way. When this bumper music was put together yesterday for this show, that any producer, no matter how brilliant and talented, could have known that we'd been be talking about these banks going down, down, down. Perfect fit, though. It's Freddie King. Really one of the great, I think his his uh, nickname or his moniker was one of the three kings of the blues guitar. Dude died at 28 years old. Man. Yeah, older than my brother. Anyway, we're back. It's uh, 4.51, about nine minutes to go until 5 o'clock. Of course, with daylight savings time underway, still nice, bright, sunny out there. 45 degrees in Aurora, uh, 46 over there. I used to refer to Denver as hell because it's almost always hotter over there in hell, and that's what Democrats have turned it to. But I saw a report that uh, Denver is now the worst city in which to raise a family, and I just don't think hell covers it. So I put up on Twitter a question whether what what is hotter and deeper, more miserable than hell. And I don't know if anybody responded to that. I haven't been back on Twitter since a while. 
Yes, Denver, also known as, you know, that's what I... So here's what I said. Wow, I've been yelled at by dopes for returning to my once beloved, referring to my once beloved native Denver as hell on the radio. Clearly, I'm not going deep enough or hot enough. What's worse than hell? Or since people can and are leaving Denver, is it really just purgatory, a miserable place on the way to somewhere else? Purgatory is where you go to uh, be punished and cleansed for all of your sins before then ascending to heaven. So, uh, or maybe, maybe not, but I'm seriously thinking about changing Denver's name from hell to purgatory. So I did some more digging. Uh, text messages are coming in. People are really focused on this bank collapse last week. And uh, Alexa writes in, for over a decade, SVB was the bank for companies in tech. The last few years, companies wanted to only do business with other companies that have the right ESG score, and you know that, the Environmental, Social, and governments, Governance Score. This year, companies starting to turn against ESG scores. The go woke, go broke is enlightening people. And that's absolutely right. But um, I found, I think, probably the Newsmax report that, uh, that the earlier texter was talking about, the not Newsmax report exactly, but the, the warning about, um, about the banks. Is this the right one? I had it just a minute ago. Nope, I don't know what I did with that. Hold on one second, because this was kind of important, I thought, because this person was really, was significantly, oh, you know what? I've got it here on my phone. That's why. All right. Hedge fund manager Bill Ackman warns of bank meltdowns on Monday, and this was on Newsmax Online. Hedge fund billionaire is warning of a bank and economic meltdown that could hit as early as Monday as the government is not going to bail out the SVB bank from its collapse. The government has about 48 hours to fix a soon-to-be irreversible mistake, Ackman says. By allowing it to fail without protecting all depositors, the world has woken up to what an uninsured deposit is, an unsecured, illiquid claim on a failed bank. Absent J.P. Morgan, Citi, or Bank of America acquiring SVB before the open on Monday, a prospect I believe to be unlikely, or the government guaranteeing all of SVB's deposits, the giant sucking sound you will hear will be the withdrawal of substantially all uninsured deposits from all but the systematically important banks. That's a term of art, and I don't know what it means. But uh, Janet Yellen on Sunday said she was working closely with banking regulators to protect the depositors, but ruled out a government bailout. We want to make sure that the troubles that exist at one bank don't create contagion to others that are sound. Let me be clear that during the financial crisis, there were investors and owners of systemic large banks that were bailed out, and the reforms that have been put in place means we are not going to do that again. But Ackman, and he made his comments before the ones I just read from uh, Janet Yellen that were given to CBS News. Ackman said inaction will ultimately doom others. The unintended consequences of the government's failure to guarantee SVB deposits are vast and profound and need to be considered and addressed before Monday. And then we had this moron. It is. A no, that's not it. What did I do with it? There it is. Let me start with the banking committee. I Obviously, I invited you on before all of this happened. Um, have you gotten a briefing over the weekend, and what's your sense of what we can expect tomorrow morning? 
Uh, well, Chuck, I have not gotten a briefing yet. <laughs> so this, what some people are warning, could be a major economic disaster. Started on Wednesday, sort of completed on Friday, and a member of the Senate Banking Commi- uh, Committee, Bob Menendez, Me- <laughs> well, I don't know what's wrong with me today, Bob Menendez, um, they haven't even been briefed yet. They haven't even been briefed yet. Everything opens up on Monday morning. It's not a holiday or anything. And I did go back and look. Bob, as I recalled, uh, as I thought I was remembering, Bob Menendez was involved in multiple scandals, uh, employing a sex offender on his, an illegal alien sex offender on his staff, um, allegations with prostitutes, with uh, dirty money and different things like that. So, you know, he was taken out of a leadership position. But there he is on your banking committee with uh, no, no briefing at all about the failure of the CNN, I think, reported 20th, Fox News reports, 16th largest bank in the United States of America. So one thing for sure, and, uh, you know, this isn't going to apply to most of us, but if you've got more than $250,000 in a single bank account, you better make sure how that's covered, how that's protected by the FDIC, because that would really be a concern. All right, I'm, we're going to move away from SVB because I am way out of my league here, but people were interested and worried and commented, uh, commenting on it, so I wanted to just make sure we you know, got you as much information as we could and uh, definitely talk to your financial folks if you've got assets greater than that. That's very, very important. But um, I mentioned that we elected a new chair yesterday, Dave Williams, former state representative, super conservative, super articulate, uh, just a great, uh, great dude. And so I looked at all the local news coverage just briefly afterwards. Seemed like, now this does not apply to Kyle Clark because he went after Dave Williams on Twitter. But Nine News on their website seemed to give a pretty balanced report. Colorado Republicans on Saturday elected Dave Williams, former state lawmaker, who insists that former President Donald Trump won the 2020 presidential election to lead the state party for the next two years. And then they quoted him. I mean, that's the only jab is that uh, we're arguing that uh, this we're not at the end of the investigation of the 2020 election. We need a wartime leader who will boldly articulate our conservative America first agenda while going toe to toe with the radical Democrats every chance we get, Williams said in a combative speech. Takes control of a party riddled with infighting, reeling from a string of losses in a state whose voters elected Democrats, yeah, to every statewide office in last year's election. And he blamed the party's recent performance on, quote, feckless leaders who are ashamed of you and ashamed of our principles. Williams quoted Ronald Reagan's call for bold colors, not pastels, and vowed to build a clear contrast with the opposition. Man, it's going to be fun to be a part of that. Obviously, the the uh, the view of the way to to win with this party or grow this party and the the select candidates the from the Dick Wadhams corner of the party were one hundred percent unsuccessful and uh, I don't know why we'd really take much in the way of advice from them as we move forward right now anyway it's a different era it is a different time it's a different media it's a different set of issues. It's a time where the FBI and the Department of Justice and some within his own party were organized against the last president of the United States. And he's expected to just sit down, shut up and go away. Those days aren't happening. 
I'm really glad to see that it applies to the Republicans here in Colorado as well. Hour two, Backbone Radio, sit tight, 710. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.